0: Welcome, 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 fam. I want to let you know that I have a free guide for you. Three steps to start changing your life. We are going to cultivate some self-discipline, we're going to dream big, and we are going to start chasing those heckin' goals. So if you go to livemyhappyhealth.com, you are going to find it. Um, I cannot wait to see you there. Let's fucking rage. On this computer. Okay, podcast fam. I hope you guys are ready for me. If I were a totally badass parenting coach, like you are going to listen to this episode and be like, I want to be her friend because she's so cool. She's like over here, like dancing. Now we're both dancing, but you can't see it because you're on the podcast. So just imagine it. It's like super dope. So Courtney Courtney Traplett is a parenting empowerment coach, and she's going to explain what that means. But I think that really hits too, because I think a lot of parents feel disempowered and they feel hopeless when they don't really understand or know how to manage their kids. And so they just, it's something I see a lot, and we can probably speak to this is like, they just label the kids as difficult. And I think that's a big lack of understanding. And, And I think parents feel so disempowered And then, and then the blame game starts and things like that. So if you have kids, if you want kids, if you know people with kids, so basically everyone listening to this episode, um, this is for you. So welcome Courtney. Hi.
1: Hi. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here and, um, you explained it perfectly, but yeah, you know, when people hear that I'm a parenting coach, one of the first things they're like, they think of super nanny, you know, the TV show (laughs) where like badass nanny joe like bust into people's house and like implement stuff and i love her i love a lot of what she does i think a lot of it's really powerful but when you watch those little recaps that they do at the end where it's like the whole thing has crashed and burned back to where it was before so when i was thinking about like what i wanted to do and how i wanted to help parents i really um wanted to empower the parents to make the changes and implement them and get get in the nitty-gritty of feeling it because if it's not comfortable for them or for you, if you're listening, right? you can't sustain that. It doesn't work. So I call myself a parent empowerment coach because I get the opportunity to empower parents to make the changes
0: and transform their homes. (laughs) Yes. And I think you're so right. Like this is something I see with a lot of coaches. And I actually speak to a lot when I like talk about coaching and therapists and doctor, anyone who helps people change their lives. You cannot, side note for everyone listening, if you are getting the same program everyone else is getting, and it is in no way personalized to you, or there leaves no room for personalization, it is a shitty program. It is a shitty program. You cannot take a cookie cutter program and have it apply to 100% of people. That's just not real. So it has to be, and I think that's where people like the nanny, right, like, Or what was it called? Super nanny. Super nanny. Where like super nanny go gets in trouble. is like, she develops a system that worked for her. She developed a system that she uses for every single family. And it's absolutely not sustainable. Like it's not. And so then these families again, feel disempowered again, feel hopeless because now an expert came and they couldn't keep up with it and they couldn't do it. And it's, I hate that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, as somebody
1: who works with behavior all the time and, you know, does these different structures and things that they want to put in place, Like it's so comfortable. Like for me, all these things are so comfortable because of my time in the classroom, my time with my own son, but it's not comfortable for the parents. So if you're not in there, like giving it a try and seeing like, "Mm, that language doesn't feel right to me or that like when I work with my clients, like one-on-one, I'll say, you know, you could say this or this or whatever form of that feels natural and comfortable to you, because if it's so put on, Mm -hmm. You're going to be thinking so hard about trivial shit that doesn't matter, like the language, whereas like really the whole, the whole thing is the important part. So it needs to be very personalized and it needs to be um, targeted to you and your family's needs and the kid's ages. And guess what? The same thing that works for one kid doesn't work for another. You know, it's actually like the harder part of my job (laughs) is like, okay, no, that, Tried and true strategy didn't work. Let's try this one instead. And like giving parents the opportunity to really like feel what works for their home dynamic. It's why my one on ones are my meat and taters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. One on one is like so fun. And I think the gift, something you're mentioning that is really true is like everything is an experiment. And I say that all the time. Like I may be an expert in transformation, but I'm not an expert in them. So, like, obviously, they're going to know best what works for them, doesn't work for them, what they even like, what they're even willing to do. I may say, Hey, this will 100% work for you. I know because I've had 20 other clients like you and they're just like, well, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, okay, then we're not doing that. Like, great. So what are some of the things that parents come to you for? So
1: (laughs) probably the number one thing is tantrums. That's like, hands down, like, Mm. Uh, tantrums, tantrums for sure. Um, which really just stems down to like effective communication with your kids. Um, you know, we, they struggle with like, what are the right words to say when a kid's emotions are like super heightened. Um, we talk about sibling rivalry. That's, you know, a developmentally appropriate part of life, unfortunately, but sometimes it gets out of hand. Um, We talk about, you know, following through for, you know, things that happen at school to then, you know, happening at home. I help clients put into, you know, place um, like plans for travel. If they're taking their kids somewhere, we talk about picky eating, you know, everything that kind of like stems back to a behavior essentially. And so, you know, I started as a classroom teacher, um, I was in the classroom for about 10 years. And then I transitioned to an instructional coaching position where I worked with adults. But what really like shown through in my time in the classroom is like parents just didn't know and it's not it's It's not their fault it's not your fault if you're listening like there's no owner's manual out there like (laughs) and society makes moms in particular feel shamed for not knowing everything and like
0: you how how would you know they shame moms and they let dads off the hook yeah 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 I can't tell you how many moms I work with who say I feel like a single parent
1: yeah
0: and there's no pushback for the dads, from their family, from their friends, they're just like, they don't even know their kids. Like literally do not know their kids. No, nothing. Okay. It's like, okay for them not to know, but not okay
1: for moms not to know. You're just supposed to know how to to do every developmental stage from sleeping to potty training, to tantrums that will start and continue and to dealing with school issues and social issues. And, you know, also give your kids the foundational skills academically. And like, there's so much pressure and you know, it's why I try to tell parents, like, it's okay to invest in you. And it's not a stab at you to hire a parenting coach. Like it's not saying you're a terrible parent. I would actually argue you're a better parent because you're seeking out support. And, um, you know, another big topic we talk about because, um, my clients know my background education is, is what I mentioned earlier. those foundational skills, like getting children ready to read and ready to, to learn in school and what that looks like. Um, you know, parents feel like they don't know how to really prepare them to send them off to school. And it's almost like school sneaks up on you. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're there. And you're like, well, I don't know if I got them ready. (laughs)
0: Right. Right. And there's not a lot of like, there's just not a lot of information right there's not a lot of structured hey I mean there's like developmental milestones right where it's like your kid should know so many words by this age or should be able to read this right. page blah, blah blah but even within that there's so much variance with how kids develop and then so either parents put so much pressure because their mm-hmm. kid is five words less forgetting mm-hmm. that kids develop in their own time or mm-hmm. if they're too overwhelmed with other things they just it. This is going to sound harsh, but they like abandon their kid. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's almost like you go the full uh 180. We talk about that a lot with behavior too. Like parents that have had traumatic childhoods, like mm-hmm. they either like work really hard to be the opposite of that, mm-hmm. or they just like let everything hit the fan and they're like, whatever. I'm not. I'm not trying at all. And right. I think the other thing that's worthy of mention is there is almost a saturation of information out there that if you're looking for it you don't even if you're not educated in it Mm -hmm. you're overwhelmed and there's so many moms groups with just like shit advice and to be honest with you it's why I started my group on Facebook is because I promised it would be a non-judgmental place because Mm the mom the mom and dad judging like I can't I can't stand it Mm -hmm. so like my my Facebook group was going to be no judgment and it was going to be research-based content and There's a lot of hot topics I talk about in there, but the foundation of my group is that if you choose to parent in a different way, we will work around it. The example I always use is spanking. I don't think spanking is, I say, I don't think, I know that spanking is not an effective form of discipline. It gets you a short-term reward with long-term trauma, to be honest. But foundationally, like you're going to, you're going to pop your kid on the behind and that's something you can't get rid of. We're going to work around it. I'm going to offer you other strategies and I'm going to tell you the research behind it. But, you know, I'm not trying to break parents down foundationally, like to what they believe in. We're just going to give you better strategies. And it always
0: has to be their choice. Like, I tell clients, pretty much every client I work with all the time, like, I don't care what you do outside of these sessions. I don't care. My life is good, right? For you, your kids are good. Why? You do the things you talk about. You're consistent. You literally walk the talk, right? But Mm -hmm. if people come and they say, well, I wanna do better, I wanna do better, I wanna do better, and then they leave and they don't do shit, well, that's on you. Mm -hmm. And your Mm -hmm. kids' behaviors and your kids' consequences are going to be on you. And so Mm -hmm. I think being able to hold that space to say, like, okay, if that's really one of the things you wanna do, like, let's talk about the consequences of that. So you make a really informed choice. Right. Right. And the one thing
1: it's up to them. Exactly. And the one thing I'm like, (laughs) I say, it's like my only crunchy mom habit is screen time. That's something that I'm like really passionate about and, uh, probably borderline. Exactly. So, you know, there's a lot of like varying research out there, but what's staggering to me is two, two things that have to do with screens. One is focus. And I can tell you as a previous educator, who's still an educator, like educator for life. uh, I still educating. I saw the focus in the classroom change over my years and watch it just deplete, honestly. Um, I'll never forget my kindergarten class the last time I was in kindergarten, um, I put blocks out on the table the first day of school because it's, it's a little bit like a zoo, your first day of kindergarten. Um, right, sure. parents are, kids are crying. Parents are crying. Yeah. Um, things are wet. I don't know. like it's just, yes. it's, very, it's, yeah. a <laughs> it's just like very <laughs> strange place to be. Um, there's like a lot of stimuli. <laughs> yeah. And so I put blocks on the table because it's safe and I can talk to parents, make sure kids are going home, you know, it's a lot of logistics. And I had multiple children ask me what to do with them five-year-olds not know. Because they would
0: normally, and in previous years, they would just play with them.
1: Yeah. Yep. They would play with like hands-on toys, you know, and that decline in like hands-on toys. Like I was sad. sad. Like, I was like, what do you mean? What do you do? with?" (laughs) Like I was shocked. So
0: I wonder if, um, occupational therapists are seeing that too, where the tactile, the ability to literally grasp things, you know, depth perception is just, fucking whack because Uh of screens yep and it's
1: so um I love these that's a perfect transition to my other point about screens are staggering and that's the lack of language development and you know what the the I don't I can't think of another word on the spot but like the excuse from parents is oh my kids have learned so much from their tablet or my kids have learned so much from from Daniel Tiger or whatever and the thing is like they are, they're learning some academic skills, but what they're not learning is how to take part in a conversation, how to take turns in a conversation, how to look at someone when they're talking to you, right. how to be empathetic, how to be kind, how to uh, actually apply that knowledge. Sure. They can look on the TV and say that color is red, but if they see a block that's red, do they still know it's red or do they yeah. just know it, you know, there's the application piece is missing. And I can tell you like so in kindergarten again, like we're kind of like the front lines for education is we submit children for um uh testing in regards to speech language, um, could sure. be you know tactile issues and things like yeah. that. But I saw the increase in children's names that we were submitting for speech services and language yeah. services, and I'm certain that it has to do with devices. You know, you think about it when you go out to eat and you scan the restaurant. Mm -hmm. 75% of the tables are on their devices the entire time. Mm -hmm. So much language is missing
0: there. Conversation. It really is a lazy way for parents to check out. Like, I know that sounds harsh. And like, I don't really care. Um, It's a lazy way to be like, I don't want to deal with you. You're annoying. You're bothering me. Here, take a screen because they will, it's all of those things. And, And here's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand. They're literally made to be addicting. They're made to to fire dopamine all the time, all the time, all the time. And so you have this, what happens and maybe parents don't understand this. And I don't know if this is something that you're, that they're even talking about in research. Like what happens when we have an oversaturation of dopamine is we literally become addicted. And so everything else, it's just like when someone develops a literal drug addiction, that's dopamine, that's serotonin being fired all the time. Everything else becomes more boring. Yep. And so they literally cannot stand, cannot stand to do normal activities. And then it's this like, you must see it. It's this like a horrible feedback loop where now, because they're so used to being so overstimulated, so oversaturated with rewards because those games are made to be addicting. They're made to keep them on longer. Then they literally, you're right. Your focus pulls, you're, you're literally searching for a high all the time, but we're doing it to two, three, four, five-year-olds. Mm-hmm. and you think about like okay and then you ask that kid to go sit in a classroom and listen
1: yeah. to a teacher right that's I mean that's not fun that's, I mean
0: and yeah, that's, and I that's and it's I ridiculous could, you know. it's completely unrealistic and then you say right. these kids are right and then we have the school to prison pipeline then we have kids who are failing because parents are lazy they're checked out they don't know right not everyone is lazy but they don't know right. Right. They want yeah. the out. they're overwhelmed they're disempowered People aren't explaining it. They just, all these companies sell these games, buy this mm-hmm. game, buy, it comes, by them. Right. And they
1: house. sell them with and this educational horrible. preface right. of, oh, get this and your kid will oh, be great. Yeah. Get this and your kid will know mm-hmm. their ABCs, mm-hmm. their shapes, mm-hmm. their colors. And yeah, that's great. But like nothing
0: replaces like learning
1: how to be a good friend.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. Like Right? Kids don't have to yeah. think that way. They just memorize things. So when you were saying like speech patterns and having a conversation, you have to be right. able to think in a yep. conversation because you have to say what are they saying what do mm-hmm. I want to say is it appropriate is it not where is this conversation going like you have all these things going on and, and- the
1: emotional boundaries of like knowing what's an appropriate thing to say right. to another like that's not a nice thing to say like you
0: can't develop a relationship with your tablet you can't right. the tablet doesn't tell you you're hurting my feelings. and you can't like, think it just gets you to exactly. memorize stuff. So that oh okay. I never actually thought about that, but that's crazy. Like they seem smart, right? Quote unquote, because they can say they're ABCs, mm-hmm. but they can't exist in the world. Right.
1: There's no application piece wow. with a, yeah. there's no application piece with a tablet. And wow. you know, I think there's a huge overdiagnosis of ADHD and attention. You know, my kid has attention problems. No, your kid's on their tablet too
0: much. <laughs> like right. and, and also you're asking a, a five year old to sit still for eight hours. Mm -hmm. Like it's so many things. And then, and then you get into the pharmaceutical industry and how much they push. And the fact that these medications literally aren't tested on children. They're mostly tested on middle-aged white men. All, almost all the diagnosis in the DSM is made for men. It's not made for women. So you have an over-diagnosis of little boys and a crazy under-diagnosis of girls. And it's just like, and then what do parents do, right? They feel hopeless. Right. Exactly. And you think like, you know, pretty much we're
1: told, like, if you're an effective, engaging teacher, you give, you expect attention from your kids, two to three minutes for every year old they are, so I knew as a kindergarten teacher, I had 15 minutes to share, and the kids, like, that, struggle with attention like 15 minutes is even too much because you think about look at tiktok 60 seconds you scroll to the next thing uh you know facebook you're scrolling scrolling i mean adults Mm -hmm. are doing it too like scrolling on to the next thing you're not interested in what you're seeing scroll on to the next you don't have to tablets don't make you pay attention to things you don't want to Mm -hmm. and you know we think about so, yeah, you're like, yeah, OK, so communication is an issue. But let's talk about kids needing to learn how to read because you have to be able to read <laughs> like you have to. And I think it's a gift to be able to read. I'm a huge literacy buff, literacy nerd. My master's degree is in reading like I yeah. uh, teaching, reading, reading education. Like I love to teach kids to read it is my jam. But kids need background knowledge to read. <laughs> yeah, and talk about there it. is a yeah, there is a huge decline in amount of words that kids are coming to school in with and not just how many words, but how many words I actually know mm. how to use. Um, right. you know, the devices are taking away the privilege, you know, of learning to communicate and learning vocabulary and learning rich words to use and and the know.
0: necessity. Exactly. Like not for nothing. People who aren't as knowledgeable are more easily taken advantage of. Mm-hmm because someone who seems smarter than you, someone who sounds smarter, you you kind of automatically trust them. Mm-hmm. And so if someone gives you these like word salads, you're like, well, they must know what they're talking about because they sound smart. But if you don't- <laughs> Right, and part of reading too is like critical thinking skills. And it's just this huge freaking hell hole, like hell spiral. Yep. Like I know a lot of adults who aren't, they don't have the ability to think critically because they didn't grow up reading right yep
1: yeah it's so true like the critical thinking piece and like the problem solving like you know yeah there's like a little bit of problem solving if you're like playing candy crush like whatever but it's not real world application right, problem right. solving you know like one of i can tell you as a teacher like things I would say like most often would be like well did you tell your friend that or how do you think you can solve this problem like just like I empower parents like you empower the kids to try to figure it out and that is hard work for them Mm -hmm. especially if they don't come with the necessary skills and you know we have a job to do as parents like um we cannot, I would say we like we can't control our children, but we are accountable for them. And yeah. you're accountable for their behavior. And mm-hmm. you can tell me all day long, like my kid's a, a bad kid or a naughty kid. I don't think there's any bad kids. I think there's kids who make bad decisions. But right. um, you know, when parents ask me, Do you make house calls? Do you kind of house? I say no because <laughs> your kid's
0: not the problem. Right. They, they they learn know. it from somewhere. That's disempowering. Exactly. It's disempowering yeah. if you come in and force the kid to behave because exactly. now. What the parent has said is I can't do it. And not only can I not do it, I don't want to. Right. Because I'm not willing to do the work.
1: Exactly. And that brings us right back to the tablet conversation, which is where tablets are being treated as babysitters Mm -hmm. and children are not learning. Parents are failing at their job of teaching children how to act in various situations Mm -hmm. because they're using the tablet. I have a post on my Facebook, my favorite post I ever wrote, which says tablets don't belong where you're paying to be. I'm talking about a restaurant. Ooh. I'm talking about Disney World. I can't even go into Disney World. I'm, I'm in Florida, for those that, uh, no. don't know, um, and we are annual pass holders to Disney. And you go in Disney, which is hundreds of expensive. dollars. If you have, if you don't have an annual pass, like, it is an expensive day. And they're on their, the kids are riding in the stroller on the tablet, and I'm like, what is right. going? you know, your tablets don't belong at a restaurant right. for so many reasons how are kids going to learn the appropriate way to interact with a waiter or a waitress or to, you know, send their food back if it's wrong, you know, like life skills, the opportunity for life skills are being missed because of technology.
0: And here's a bigger life skill, um, that you haven't mentioned yet, but just the ability to sit when you're kind of bored, Uh that is a life skill. And it drives, and I'll tell you something I see on the opposite side is an adult, It drives addiction, it drives drug use because they're bored and they wanna reward hit. What's super good at that? Drugs. Mm -hmm. What's super good at that? Bullshit behaviors with their friends, right? If you can't stand to be mildly bored, if you can't enjoy your own company, here's the other thing it drives, abusive relationships because mm-hmm. you're just around somebody who's
1: paying attention to. You're
0: you. around somebody, right? You will do anything to avoid that boredom discomfort and what works really well because abusive relationships are addicting. So if you can't stand to be by yourself, you will sacrifice your well-being to be yep. around people. And it's yep. that's one of the really long-term consequences. So like when I when I work with people, a lot of the work that we do Is learning how to exist and not have something super fucking exciting going on to just be like, sit, sit, sit with yourself until you are comfortable in the discomfort. And that is such a hard skill for people to learn.
1: Yeah, it really is. And also like as parents because of like the pressure that's out there and stuff. Actually the reason you heard maybe some clicking is cuz I wanted to find this post that I put up about boredom. Yeah. And <laughs> basically I said, you're not your child's cruise director. Like this isn't the Lido deck. Like you're not That is a your hilarious. Yeah, like you're not your child's and boredom helps Mental health. First of all, kids are crazy over scheduled right now. Like, mm-hmm. go to school, pick you up. We're going to soccer. We're leaving soccer. We're going to ballet. We're leaving ballet. Yeah. We're going home to shove dinner down our throats to then take a bath. You can get 30 minutes of TV and you go to bed. And the kids are like, oh, like there's yeah. so yeah. too much. So, um, it's, you know, I read this article a little bit back by Melissa and Doug. Um, they, make children's toys, really good children's toys. And the article said in today's nonstop world, boredom is seen as a bad thing. We've become an instant gratification society and kids almost start to panic if they don't have something to do. Yeah. And you know what? Boredom has so many good benefits, but like, let's think about imagination. Mm -hmm. When are your kids given the opportunity to use their imagination? If you're giving them a tablet, encouraged imagination. It teaches grit and resilience of mm-hmm. like figuring out something or just living itself it makes your childhood happier. It gives them a sense of community. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but when kids are always doing things, they take those surroundings for granted. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, I'm always around people. You know, they're like, they almost crave that time, like by themselves.
0: Yeah. And I was know? thinking like, they have no time to decompress. Like mm-hmm. part of, part of, um, being overstimulated all the time, and again, I see it in the adult world, right? Is like people, your it's like your brain has little gnomes in it, right? And it's like, or I usually describe it as like the Pac Man. So if you imagine like the little Pat Man who goes like who's like wacka 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 wacka, it's like eating all those little white dots. All uh-huh. those little white dots are like stuff throughout the day, stuff you need to file away, stuff you need to get rid of. Mm-hmm. But if you never have downtime, and screens are too stimulating, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like there's so many things that are too stimulating. Mm -hmm. So their brain never gets downtime and then that causes anxiety and it, because they can never clear stuff out and they have too much stuff in their little bitty bodies. And so sometimes it probably comes out as tantrums. Ooh, I'm so glad we're doing this because I never thought about how this applies to kids and shows up as adults, like. And hyperactivity. And you also think about, you know, I talk a lot about
1: how kids have these like emotional buckets that need filling every day. And like the two most prominent that I hear about mostly are power and control, and belonging and significance and when we have kids schedules super overpacked and we're just like firing commands at them all day sometimes as many as one per minute i read that control bucket gets depleted and i say when kids are little when they they're going to control the things they can their Mm -hmm. voice and their body Mm -hmm. and all that energy that's sitting in there or all that emotion is either going to come out their mouth or their limbs (laughs) they're going (laughs) to decide how it comes out so we need to give them, yeah. We need to give them the opportunities to sit with themselves, be bored. Right. That's how they learn to be creative. Like we need to yeah. foster those opportunities too. And we need to stop feeling pressure as adults. Stop googling things to do with a three-year-old near me. Stop, stop it, stop. And just give your kids some blocks at a timer and Wait, see what they can go
0: outside. So I'll tell yeah. you. So I live on a farm, right? And. My friends with kids love bringing their kids here because I don't care what they do. I don't care as long as they don't run to the road, obviously. But like, well, can can they chase the chickens? And I'm like, yeah, they ain't gonna catch a chicken. Those things are fast as shit. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, good. I let them go around the horses. Let them go in the goats. Like they're outside, they're in the sun, they're running, their little minds off. They're
1: like sprinting
0: around a field, and and like I don't, I like kids. I don't, I don't have them for a reason, right? They're loud. They're a lot of work. They're way more work than I ever want to do in my life. But I like when they come over because mm-hmm. then like the parent, you know, my friends get a break because I'm just like, whatever, I'll watch your kid. Like, I don't care. Go sit in the house. I don't care. And they just like run around like little maniacs. Yeah, they need that. And I'm just like, go, go be mm-hmm. little psychos. Like, I don't okay. care. And they like, we had a, we, I was at um, this restaurant in town yesterday and there was this little girl. Oh my gosh, She was so cute. And she was watching the birds and she was just like, every time the birds got close, she would just scream at them. And I was just like, you go girl. Like you Never. just didn't get those birds and it, you know, it wasn't all the time, but like, was it annoying? Yeah. But do I give a shit? No, because the right. baby right? She was very, I don't know how old, I don't know how old <laughs> kids are, but she was very small and she was very cute and she could definitely walk, but she had those like little, little, like fat, fat baby legs, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: tree, tree trunk legs. <laughs> like, oh,
0: you just, you just yell at them like whatever. And she oh, they're was, just sweating she was,
1: all that energy out.
0: Totally entertaining herself. Didn't have a tablet. And the mom was like, does she bother you? And I was like, I oh, don't, no, I don't care. Like she is a small baby. She can do whatever yeah. she wants. As long as she's not screaming the whole time.
1: It's so good for them yeah. though. Like the exercise, the outside, the sunshine. I would say if your kids can't trim
0: too much. Like find some water or some sunshine. <laughs> like, yeah. there you go. That's my gift. So, to so that's probably a good thing to talk about. Like what, so we've spent all this time saying like, <laughs> don't be a lazy parent, be an engaged parent, learn. <laughs> yeah. Like learn, there's resources out there. So two questions. Right how do people know who is a good resource? Also tell us the name of your community so people can join it. Um, and two, what are some like crunchy, like things they can take a bite out of things they can do when their kid is, um, emotional, what can they do? So they're like, Oh yeah. I'm so overwhelmed. Cause it is really overwhelming. Yeah. It's loud. It's, if you're in public, it's embarrassing. Like what yeah. can they do and how do they know it, who actually has knowledge and who doesn't?
1: Yeah. So, you know, the best thing I'll start to talk about kind of like your second question first. So the best thing that you can do for your kids is to establish structure and routine at home. And the reason I say that is because children thrive and crave predictability and I know like some of you that are listening are probably rolling your eyes being like I don't want to be a boring mom but really it's not boring because kids need it they want to know what's coming next uh knowing what's coming next deposits in their control bucket because they feel like they're in control of what's going on um they they're not worried and anxious about what's coming next what's going on in the day you know so trying to keep like the events that occur Bedtime, morning routine, things like that, kind of in a predictable fashion, will help a lot because you can set expectations for them. Kids know what what's coming, and that will transfer to when you go out and things. However, we also need to make sure that we are meeting children where they're at, and the fact that they are children and they need time to blow off steam. They need to run around. They need to lose their mind. They need to. Uh, get some sunshine. They need to exercise. They need to interact. Um, you know, so I have this hashtag that I use if you're, if you follow me on Instagram and I'll talk about my handle a little bit and it's, you'll see me type hashtag 15 minutes daily. And um, basically what that means is that I encourage all my clients or parents that I interact with to spend 15 uninterrupted minutes with their children every day. And what I mean by uninterrupted is your cell phone is nowhere in sight.
0: Such because min- such a what that's so small.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so minimal, oh. right?
0: Yeah, and it's doable. Like I, I get yeah. why you do it. Yeah, it
1: should be more. And if you have more, do more. But what's so powerful about this little pocket of time is, you know, you think about parents working, professional parents that only have the evenings with their kids. We oh, want to make it a manageable situation. The I importance am. of your cell phone not being around is. Um, Adults also are guilty of spending too much time on their phones and kids start to get a complex about who's more important. So if you put it away, the other piece of that 15 minutes daily is the child chooses the activity. Again, we're Ooh, making good. deposits in their control bucket. We are also making deposits in their significance and belonging bucket because you are telling them that you're important enough for me to spend this time with every single day. Doing what so, you Doing what you want. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You can make such a connection that way Um, I especially encourage this to parents um, that feel like there's parent preference going on like the little one super close to dad or super close to mom making sure the other parent is spending that time time. yeah exactly exactly and sometimes one parent takes the role of the authoritarian Mm -hmm. uh cue just wait till your father gets home well I don't want to spend time with him he just which is
0: and which again is so disempowering because that parent is now telling them I have no control over you I can't do anything about it. I release, oh, you keep talking. Yes, exactly. So,
1: you know, so that 15 minutes, um, I would definitely recommend for the non-preferential parent to connect with them on a different level. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, kids need, I'm not, like my son gets no screen time and I know that that's impossible for a lot of families. The only screen time he gets is FaceTime with his grandparents who live in uh, North Carolina. (laughs) That's it. So- yeah. So that's, you know, for my family, that was the right choice for me. And I know that's not the choice for everyone, but I would say, you know, three and under, you could just Google it and you'll see some staggering research, but three and under should be severely limited because they can't process all of it. You know, it's, it's too much. So it's too overstimulating. Stimulating. Exactly. Um, I do a lot of, a lot of different research on kids. And honestly, when you're researching, like there's not too many articles out there that I find that I'm like, Ugh, like, that's really terrible advice where I find the terrible advice is social media mm-hmm. because moms or dads join these mom groups or dad groups or mom and dad groups. Mm-hmm. And you know, everybody in there thinks they're the expert because their one kid did whatever, you know, um, actually just recently I posted on a group about sleep training and I'm a big proponent of sleep training because your kids need to sleep. It's developmental. We help them with other developmental things like potty trainer we're just gonna wait till they use the potty on their own permanently no we help them along the way the same thing with sleeping plus they need sleep and so did I so I sleep trained my son and I had parents jumping down my throat about the effects of sleep training and how it's like these long-term effects and blah blah and I'm like listen I've done my research, like I know, but they think they know better because their one six year old now sleeps fine through the night because they never sleep trained, you know? So that's where I find the problems with the advice on social media is, you know, when people are like, well, my kid, blah, blah. Well, maybe your kid's just like, maybe there's a good sleeper. Like I happen to have a very cooperative son. Like he is pretty easy go with the flow. Like that's just his personality. I was very much the same way when I was a kid, my siblings, maybe (laughs) exactly like it is not that way. Exactly. So some, you know, I, people always joke, good luck if you have another, like, you know, um, because they may not be as malleable as Griffin (laughs) is. And, you know, so I find the poorest advice is social media. And it's only because people use their tiny scope of knowledge to say, oh, this is the way thing is. And there's so many controversial topics out there. I mean, I posted in my group yesterday about discipline and how the root word of discipline comes from Latin to teach discipline is not about punishment it's about teaching your children not to do the behavior again and how we've fallen into this trap of discipline being a spanking a timeout uh isolation from the family a taking away of things you get no more tablet like right okay but is that actually teaching them so I think that if you're looking for real parenting (laughs) exactly you're looking for like real parenting research get on Google, get off Facebook would be my best advice for you. But if you want Facebook good, I was just going to say, if you want (laughs) good parenting advice on Facebook, you can find me in a couple of places. Um, so I have my group, my community. I love it. There's like I think we're getting close to 2,000 parents in there. Um, oh my God. And yes, it's awesome. I love it so much. The community is so wonderful. And that is called Positive Solutions for Overwhelmed Parents. So if you're feeling overwhelmed as a parent and you want positive solutions, that is my group. Um, I also have a business page. It's just Courtney Trafflett uh, Parent Empowerment Coach. And um, if you get in my group, you can, I'm linked in there as well. Um, and if you are more of an Instagram uh, buff, admittedly, Instagram was not my jam until shortly. So my Instagram is a little thinner than my Facebook group, but my, um, handle is just household harmony with a dot in the middle household dot harmony, because that is what I tell my families that we're working towards. We are changing behaviors. We're implementing structures. We're, um, improving relationships, communication and routines all to achieve
0: household harmony. Yeah. And I, I wonder if something, um, you're running into is like, obviously they're so overwhelmed. So like when people, there's a little bit of a difference in like therapy and coaching for me. And I wonder if you're seeing this too. In therapy, people are so overwhelmed. They'll almost do anything that I suggest. So the goal and one of the hallmarks of a good coach, and I really want to talk about it. One of the hallmarks of a good therapist and a good coach is that they always 100% of the time empower the client to make the decision. I may have suggestions. I may say, Hey, here's, X, Y, Z, what's worked for other clients, or this is the overall theme of what we're doing, but you have to choose what it looks like for you. Or I spend a lot of time just asking, well, what do you think you should do about that? They always know, right? People Mm -hmm. always know. It's not a knowledge gap. They can't access the knowledge because they don't practice asking themselves, what do I think I should do? What would be the best thing? So then we like full circle, come back to critical thinking where, be, you know, and obviously when you're overwhelmed, when you're in it, like you're, you enter into survival mode, like, just get me out of this fucking situation. So then mm-hmm. you, you can't really critically think, but that's where like that decompression time, that downtime mm-hmm. is so important. Like there's a reason that great ideas come in the shower or when right. you're driving. Like for right. me, it's always driving. And I'm always like, oh my God, I'm a fucking genius when I drive. Uh-huh. Like
1: Yes. I never get for great ideas in the shower,
0: <laughs> but always right. driving. And I'll call my sister and I'm just like, that's, that's brilliant. And she's like, I'm <laughs> um, but she always agrees. And I love her for that. So, right. so that downtime to say like, what can I do differently? And I think this is something I find that a lot of people literally don't practice. They just don't ask themselves if their life is working <laughs> for them. Like, yeah. do I like my kids? No, right. why yeah. let's fix it. And exactly. And, you know, such a big part of that is taking accountability and there's kind of depends, right? There's usually a little bit of a struggle for me. Cause I, I say it, right? Like I, I don't hold hand, hand bleh, I don't handhold, right. I don't sugarcoat like, I, no, I, I don't have the energy to, and I don't care. Um, so I just say like, well, you chose that, right. You chose that you made that choice. And this is the consequence of that choice. Now, if you don't know how to link choices and consequences, I can teach that. That's just a skill. That is a critical thinking skill, right? Yep. And that's a skill people can learn, but it, they have to start with saying, you know what? My three-year-old that I raised mm-hmm. is not the problem. Why? We mold kids. We teach other people how to act around us. And I'm sure you run into a lot of people say, well, they have to great for my partner or they, they have to great for me and, and not for them. And it's like, you act differently accountability exactly exactly <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so for me like there's a couple I was like jotting notes as you were talking for different things I wanted to mention on that and the first thing is like the the notion and the important thing to remember is how long it takes to become an expert on something right it's like hours and hours I don't know what the exact number is, it but it's like, like 10,000 amount. hours it's, yeah, it's um, like a crazy amount of hours to become yeah. an expert right and we don't have how much time we're parenting like we need to figure this out now <laughs> so there's that like in that people that aren't an expert at delivering this effective communication and things like, it's kind of itchy is the word I use. Like I tell parents when I first start working with you, I was like, the first week is going to be itchy because we're undoing things that have been done and we're changing them. And that is not comfortable. Right. The other thing is that so much of, well, let's back up to when parents come to me and they say, my kid does X or my kid is Y. And we have that conversation right then is why, why (laughs) Why does your kid do X? Why is your kid like, why? And eventually they come to the fact They're like, oh, well, I don't, you know, or I do X or I don't do Y, (laughs) et cetera. And then the other thing about parenting is that so much of what parents are coming to me Mm -hmm. for are instances where they're acting out of emotion you know, your kid has a heightened tantrum, your kid throws a fit in public, your kid hits their sibling, all of those things are very emotionally charged instances. So then you're asking them to do something, parents asking you to deliver this effective communication, let's use that, that you're not comfortable with in a situation where your blood pressure is through the roof. So it's, it's tough, it's tough. And so it's, you know, right. And that's why I ask parents so much like, what feels comfortable to you? So like when they'll tell me a situation, I'll say, okay, I'm going to, literally I use the term word vomit. I was like, I'm going to word vomit on you. A bunch of different things or options, solutions, call them what you will tell me which one stands
0: out to you or which one feels the most comfortable to you. always know. Exactly. And, and I think like, I, you know, I think we've talked a lot about parents taking accountability and understanding that like they're causing these chain reactions and so much of it is a knowledge gap and so much of it is, the culture they were raised in their family yeah. culture. And even if you say, well, I want to do the opposite of my family culture, cause I really hated it. You still need someone to teach you how well, to do it because like. people only know what they know and it only gets them so far, but eventually kids grow up and mm-hmm. they, what their needs change and their behaviors change. And so what worked at four doesn't work at 16. You can't mm-hmm. bully a 16 year old, right? Right. And, and that's when kids are out of control and my kid doesn't right. respond to
1: me. And and it's so and hard because it just changes right. all the time. Like right. it's your you can, knowledge
0: mm-hmm. gap just widens if you don't so much. intervene. Right. It's and so that's really where having someone who is non-judgmental who teaches skills, that's the whole point. And eventually, like those skills build more skills and they compound and they compound. And when you have Because our brains are very good at generalizing, right? So we'll say, okay, well, this worked for this instance. Something similar will work for this similar instance. Um, Yeah. Oh, I was going somewhere so good with that. And now I forgot where I was going. Oh, that's where I was going. So you're, when you said, you know, we're asking parents to do this, like when it's really, really hard, when they're emotional, when they're overwhelmed, when they're just like, I will do anything to stop this kid from screaming. Mm -hmm. Like, I totally get it, right? And so parents will often choose the easiest option, which is, absolutely understandable, They're short-term, reward. It's understandable. It's just not very helpful. Right. And what I tell people is like, we wanna practice the skills when it's easier, when it's mm-hmm. lower threshold, yep. because if you can yep. do it at three, four, five, over time, you can do it at a six, seven, eight. You right. may never be able to do it at a 10. Like, I don't right. care how good you get at skills. There's gonna be sometimes where like the skill just yep. fails yep. because it's too high of a like pressure. Right. And that's okay too. So like so much of this, and, and I would love for you to give us kind of a journey of like a parent that really stands out to you, but a lot of it in the beginning is failing. And that can feel really right. disempowering. Cause I am like, well, I, tr- I tried, what you said and it didn't work. And now everything is worse because they actually escalated. They, right. they had a worse tantrum and you're just like, oh my God, that's so normal. But if people don't right. understand that, then they just feel right. like a failure and then they withdraw again. And so that's really what we don't want. Like, I, I want people to understand the journey that like, it's going to get slightly worse, right? Because kids are smart.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kids are smart. So for sure. sure. And also like, like I said earlier, kids like consistency and unfortunately their consistency has been you giving in or their consistency, has right. been you bribing them to stop their tantrum right. or, you know, whatever it may be. I actually do one exercise with my parents where I have them get up 20 minutes before their kids do in the morning and plan out. And it's kind of funny when you think about it, when you say it, I'll yeah. have plan out everything that could go wrong during the day, uh-huh. but not just plan out what could go wrong, but how they're going to handle it. Yeah. Because when you have it planned, so you're like, okay, this one loses their shit every time I put them in the car seat. But right. today when I put them in the car seat, I'm going to ask them to buckle their stuffed animal in first and then do the same for them, you know, insert whatever thing here. Right. And it's like your brain has rehearsed it almost. And then when that moment comes, it's not so overwhelming because mm-hmm. you're ready. Yeah. So yeah. So if we talk about like, so my most popular, I almost said my most famous, look at me. I'm such a celebrity. My <laughs> most famous, famous, famous. Company, <laughs> excuse me. Hashtag trademark. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so my most popular coaching program is my 12 week program. And the reason that's the most popular is because uh, clients get two calls per week. And I think they like that, like support of where you know if they're implementing something oh, yes, new yes, we're not yes. waiting yeah we're not waiting another week to see me so um you know we kind of take different routes with different clients so some clients will come to me at the beginning they'll give me like a massive list of everything they want to work on yeah and we kind of you know work through it in like a logical sequence based on how it goes other parents come to me and they give me one big thing and then we kind of wait to see how that goes until we move on to something else but typically yeah, it gets worse before it gets better. And mm-hmm. the reason it gets worse before it gets better is why um, I do a mutual commitments document with my clients. And one of them is trust the process because mm-hmm. you're going to get pushback from your kids for a multitude of reasons. Yes, the first yes. thing is you're p- putting boundaries up. And I know Amita loves to speak on boundaries. So. <laughs> oh, my, my favorite, favorite. boundaries are her jam. No, and literally other people don't always love your boundaries and your children are a especially not going to love your boundaries if you never had them before. So <laughs> it is not a lost cause. They will get it eventually, but it's going to take consistency of you not backing down many times and they're going to keep pushing. They're going to find new ways to push and things like that.
0: Um, They're
1: you know going to find funny? other
0: ways. You know what's funny is I, I, really, I do so much boundary work because it's all it. You need it. You need and it. What I have found is it takes two to three times for them to start adjusting, not that Uh they're perfect, but that they, they get it after two Uh to three times. And we're talking like narcissist. Right. Right. So if a narcissist can get it in two to three times, your kid's going to get it relatively quickly. It's going to feel like forever.
1: Right. Right. And kind of what I mean by many times is just like throughout the day, because it's going to take that, like, you know, that, like, different instances throughout the day or for whatever situation Mm -hmm. you're working on um you know we I worked with one client on sleep not really sleep I'm not a sleep consultant but the routine leading up to sleep and uh the child liked to do well I need one more book and I need one more song and I need one more book and I need one more song and I was like no (laughs) it's boring you (laughs) get yeah I was like you give them a choice here's your books. Would you like this book or this book? And I said, when it's over, you're done reading, walk out of the room. And it it took two nights before the kid was like, oh, they're, they're serious about this. You know, you just have to keep your boundaries firm. You have to keep your boundaries firm and
0: they have to be boundaries that you're okay with. You know, right? we weren't ready. What about parents who say, well, I don't want to be mean. I don't want my kids to hate me. Right. Ha. So we talk about this a lot. I actually brought um, a life coach
1: into the group of a month or so ago to talk about this very topic awesome. uh, being afraid of our kids not liking us. And really that's just a reflection of us and like insecurity and things, yeah. um, because I truly think if your kid never dislikes you, you're not doing your job as a parent because they're not going to like you all the time. They're not going to like everything you say. And let me tell you, three-year-olds get offended about a lot of things. Like they're not, they're <laughs> very <me> egocentric. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they're very egocentric. Um, kids, especially toddlers, um, they don't have empathy yet. So like, they're not being a douche because they want to, and like, they want to hurt your feelings. Like, Ooh, I'm going to do this because I know it really like hurts mom's feelings. Like they have no concept of that. You know, it's, it's not so much like our children liking us. It's our children respecting Mm -hmm. us. And also I, I say this all the time, like you are not your child's friend. That is not the dynamic. It is not an okay dynamic. It's not the appropriate right. dynamic. I feel like now I'm my mom's friend. I'm grown. Like as an now adult, I'm like, sure, right? But as, but a as child, an adult, I was you're like evil. oh, exactly. Right. But as a child, I was not like oh, my mom's my friend. Like no, no, that that dynamic blurs the lines. Right. And it's you know, while appropriate, I- right. And while I'm a big proponent of like talking to your kids and helping them regulate their emotions, at the end of the day, you are the parents, you are the rule enforcer, you set the boundaries that you're not the same as them. And I don't think that language should be used with them like I'm big, you're little, I'm grown, you're not, but just, it should be clear in your actions that you are the parent
0: <laughs> like that. Is power hard. differential. Like exactly there is a power differential inherent in families. Exactly. And the that's a big problem. Need to be
1: the top, right. Yeah, exactly. And that's a big problem that we're seeing now is like parents saying, well, I just don't want them to be mad at me. And it's like tough, <laughs> tough if they're mad at you. And also if your boundaries are clear all the time, they're not going to be mad at you. They're going to expect it from you. <laughs> right. They're going to expect right. it. And consistency is key. And
0: You know, kids, they'll forgive you. (laughs) Like (laughs) Kids are smart. They know if that's your, that's your button. Yep. Kids are so smart. Mm -hmm. They can find your trigger in a Mm -hmm. second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the
1: trigger, you know, parents will tell me like, my trigger is when my kid cries. Like, I can't stand to listen to my kid cry. Well, I'll give you 20 seconds to figure that out. You know, same thing. I trigger when my kid doesn't want to eat. So I make, you know, mac and cheese for dinner every night. Oh, they know that. They know that they can't you know so we need to make sure that dynamic is very clear in the home that we are the parent and they are yeah. the kid and we can respect them and we can be friendly but yeah. we're not friends we right. can offer choices to help fill their control bucket and give them yeah. some autonomy and things but at the end of the day the choices come from you you get but to it determine is not an equal are. relationship exactly exactly and that's why you know, sometimes in Target, you have to surfboard, carry them out of the store and leave your cart. Like, does it stink? Yeah, but that's the that you're...
0: So, surfboard oh, surfboard carry, like, yes. come under your arms. Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: yeah, like, If you've never surfboard carried a toddler out of Target, bless you. Bless I've never it. had
0: a toddler. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, you're, a living, you're living a blessed life. If that, that is hilarious. <laughs> like, legit, listen, let me tell you, people are like... I used to get so much shit for not wanting kids... And now that I'm 31 and a bunch of my friends have kids and I'm just like. I like my decision.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> I like my yeah, decision. I mean, it's and hard work. And that's the thing is like, yeah. you know, you, when you decided to have a kid, like you signed up for right. <laughs> a life sentence for lack of a no, better No, but term, you did. Right? You signed and up for a life privilege. Exactly. Yes. I like that even better. Um, and the thing is like what they turn out to be like, and I, I said this the other day, you know, when I wrote about you not being your kids friends, I said, it is your job to turn them into society as a functioning adult. And if that feels like a lot of pressure, good, <laughs> good. It because is. it is. And you know, I, I have this funny, like balance in the way I coach is like, you can kind of tell, like, I'm kind of unapologetically who I am. And I will tell you if like, it's nonsense. Like I'll, t- I'll tell you same thing. Like I said about spanking, like you want to spank your kid. Like, that's fine. I'll tell you, it's fine. But I'm also going to tell you like, no, there's a better way right. keep doing you. But also this is the thing that also you're doing because me. of that. Yeah. And I also like, I want a balance like that with my own son that like, I will talk to him and I will help him diffuse his tantrum and I will give him choices and things like that. But there's sometimes where I say Griffin come here and I expect for him to do it without a negotiation. And I expect him to do it without me needing to say, do you want to come here now or in two minutes? Like, no, get your behind over here and let's do this. And that's because
0: I've set that dynamic that he knows. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. I'm a parent in this house. Like it's a and choice. Until
0: it's not. And something I see, um, we have good time. Something I see a lot is like parents who rescue kids from their kids own natural consequences. I love natural consequences. Oh Big my fan. God. I like live for them. Big I fan. live for them. I'm just like, well, you did that. You did, you did that. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, people hate it when I tell them that. I'm just like, well, that was your choice. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. stop
1: taking your kid's lunchbox to school three days a week. Yeah. yeah. At home. One time. Had, yeah, oh, one time. One time you take your kid's lunchbox to school. Then they forget it three more times. Guess what? They'll, they'll eat when they get home. They'll be all right. Yeah. They didn't get the planner sign that you asked to put on the table. You have a spot for it. They're supposed to put it there every day. They don't put it there. Guess what? doesn't get signed. You're not driving up there to sign it. Right. Nope.
0: Yeah. We have I to let it. kids experience that. I had a client come. And here's how it shows up as adults, right? I had a client come knew they would not come back because the first session I spent half of it going no you made that choice no you made that choice they were like my kid got me fired because I lied to my boss about my kid and I said no 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 you made that choice you got yourself fired Mm -hmm. well now we're struggling blah 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 and I said "Uh uh-huh and you did that Mm -hmm. you did that Mm
1: -hmm. well
0: my wife blah, blah, blah. and I'm like uh-uh, nope and that was also you and so I left that session well they left because I work from home yeah. um, they left and I was like they're not coming back right I already yeah. knew like mm-hmm. they were not ready to take accountability and so also mm-hmm. nothing could change
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I lose so- parents because of that too mm-hmm. for the same reason you know you meet yeah. with them and they want to blame everything on on the child and, and do I think let me be clear real quick that like yeah, sometimes some kids are salty, salty AF, and like oh, they yeah. have some work to do for sure. Yes. But I also know that monumental changes occur when the parents change. Do I think that some kids, like my husband's like, some kids are born sociopaths? <laughs> like, you
0: know, like a very are, small percentage. Yes. A yes. very
1: small, per- exactly. A very Such small, a small percentage.
0: percentage.
1: Yes. And so, like, there are kids that just like know how to tweak and push buttons and things oh, like geez. that. Like, they're slick, but monumental changes occur when it comes from the parent the head of the household the brain of the household etc and Mm -hmm. I think you know with parents like they need to have the permission like I I love how like therapy has become like such like a such more popular thing and things like parent like people feel like they have permission to go to Mm -hmm. therapy and I wish that more people felt like they had permission to seek a parenting coach because you know It's it's okay to ask for help, and it's okay to invest in yourself. Like, yes, it's going to be a financial and a time and a commitment and investment, but isn't your household worth it? Isn't your home worth it? Like peace in your home. Yes,
0: like yeah, that's a really good point because yes, it's work, but what I tell people all the time is like it's way less work. Over the long run, to cl- to like dig the weeds out now and then have a nice garden forever because then it's just little mm-hmm. baby weed maintenance. Mm-hmm. But like, we gotta mm-hmm. dig that shit out first, and that takes right. hours. it's hot. You're sweaty. You hate pulling weeds. Me too, boo. I hate like, gardening. Doing it. Yeah, and, and it's, it's almost so like easier. Easier.
1: exactly. And like, I know um, my younger sister is a VA, and she posted something on her Instagram that really spoke to me, and said is the investment scarier than being in the same place in three months? And I was like, she's dropping truth bombs. But like, so true. Like, think about like, do you want to deal with your kids behavior like this for three more months? Or do you want to find the work in? Yeah. And then you're going to deal with a kid who's bigger than you acting that way. Right.
0: Oh yeah. The amount of like, I used to, uh, my first job when I got out of grad school was working with like really high risk, like one step being removed from the home youth. I had these kids. I didn't have these kids. These kids were running away. They were smashing cars, jumping up and down on the hood of their parents' cars. Just no control. Absolutely. Oh, just failing school, dropping at like crazy shit and the parents were like, well they were so easy when they were two or three and i would say no you they could physically, them you could intimidate them at two or three mm-hmm. you cannot intimidate them at 16. Mm-hmm. you can't now you have a yep. kid where you're like well my kid's bad you can't intimidate them anymore right. right and the, the other thing
1: is like we we correct children less when they're cute it's like, oh, oh it's that's cute true. that they act that way. It's cute that my four-year-old drops the F-bomb. No, no, it's not cute. Right. It's not cute. Get right. it off TikTok. It's not cute. And then
0: kids are confused because they're like, well, this, the line? this was okay for eight years. Why isn't it okay now? So then sometimes their reaction is, but this was always okay. You said it was cute. I got this really great reaction from you. You would laugh and hang out with me and your friends would laugh with me. Exactly. and Now it's not okay. And they're just it's very the, confused.
1: Yep. It's the same thing with spanking. You know, <laughs> I, I read this face speaking of bad advice in Facebook group yesterday, someone said, my, my child keeps hitting themselves when they get frustrated or hitting yeah. their sister. I can't remember. There was some kind of hitting. And one mom commented, smack their hand. And I was like, I said, I don't mean to be rude, but that's terrible advice. That's I good. said, you're going to meet violence with violence and try to explain to a two-year-old that it's okay that you did it because it's called spanking, right. but stop hitting. And I'm going to stop you from hitting, by by hitting, hitting
0: you and you figure out where the line is. Right. And something all the time, when, if I talk about spanking is like, you wouldn't hit an adult. Right. Why are you hitting a child? Mm-hmm. Because you can physically intimidate them. Right. And because That's it's easy, cool. it's an ease and you're emotionally heightened and you're mad and, and it's cool.
1: Right. It's cool. It really like, is. It is. I don't love it. Not a fan.
0: So what, Not. um, okay. This is beautiful. We've had so many good points. I know. I feel like this was like an information dump. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I worry that I don't want it to be disempowering if they're like, well shit, now I can't spank it. Now it's all my fault and blah, 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 blah. But like, I really want people to get the other side of that, which is like, yes, it's your fault. Yes, you can change it at any time. Like you can make the decision at any time to have a new dynamic. And it's so much easier. Like I I watch people because I'm just nosy about people's lives, right? So I just pay attention. I've always paid attention to people's lives and the choices they make. But more so now that I'm a therapist and coach and I, I will watch people live their whole lives miserable, Miserable, they hate their lives, they are struggling, they're exhausted. Mm -hmm. Rather than make one change, and then Mm -hmm. that will lead to another change, and it's so much easier, it is so much easier to do the hard thing now, right? Rather than live your whole life hard,
1: right? And that's the thing is like. If, you're, if your kids are struggling at home and your house is chaotic and you're exhausted, you're, you're treading water at all times, right? Oh, and how many more things can you take uh, you know, the comedian, Jim Gaffigan, he does this joke. He's like, what's it like having four kids? He's like, it's like, you're drowning and someone hands you a baby, <laughs> like, you know? And that's kind of like what it is when you're dealing with behavior problems. Like you're barely got your head above water and just, just one more thing is going to push you under. And that's what I like, what I try to tell clients. Like when I, when I work with them, they like dump, you know, we do a strategy session. They like dump everything on me. Yes. And like, Isn't that a lot? And I'm like, no <laughs> I'm like no in the way that like we can address it because right. we will address it in manage in kindergarten we call it chunking right in reading, we call it chunking you take bite-sized pieces that are manageable right. and oftentimes I've got this monumental list of things going on at home and one change changes right. 20 of those things. right
0: yeah because that skill also applies to other places like boundaries are self-care. Self-care exactly. is boundaries. If you can exactly. communicate boundaries, you can communicate emotions. Like it's exactly. all, these and that's really why it takes a coach because right. I understand how all these things are linked. It's right. not our client's job to understand right. they're just coming and being like, here's my hurricane. And I'm going to be like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Actually, we just move this one cloud. Like now it's just a rainstorm.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing it is with, you know, there's a reason that I say I, I transform homes transform I can't talk either anymore transform Transform through through routines communication and relationships because it's typically one of those things that just needs a little boost and I know like probably if you listen to this you're like overwhelmed after hearing everything but this is my silver lining on this rain cloud is that it's fixable it's it is manageable and I promise you that I will give I will fill I call it filling your parenting toolbox Mm -hmm. I will fill it with um, a multitude of strategies that feel comfortable for you to address your situations at home to where it doesn't feel like chaos. You're going to be swimming
0: just a little higher Yeah, just a little and it's higher really, every time. It's so much like, and I tell everyone, like the process is quite simple. It just takes a little while to get good at it. Right. But once it's like even 20%, once you have like 20% proficiency, you're walking. Right. And so that 20% feels hard and stuck, but I'm like, this is you just getting traction. Like, exactly. Exactly. This is you getting traction once you have the traction yeah it's so much easier even if you're not perfect at it yep and sometimes it it's a game better
1: confidence
0: sometimes it's again yeah. confidence
1: like I had a parent say to me I can't believe it she's like it's been I think she said one night or two nights when I was helping her with the bedtime routine so it's mm-hmm. been two nights and my problem is solved she's like you're a miracle worker and I was like I was like no I mean yeah <laughs> let's be real no but I was <laughs> like I mean, uh. Uh, I was like I would love to say like, it's me and I'm magical. I said, but you had a plan. Mm -hmm. You felt confident. You felt like if he threw something at you, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, you weren't drowning. The head didn't go underwater because you had a life preserver and the life preserver Mm -hmm. was your toolbox of things to do. If X, Y, or Z happened, you also went in knowing your boundaries were firm. Mm -hmm. You went in knowing the right thing to say and you address those things. And that's why it changed. Mm -hmm. And It went to so many other aspects of life that they were having trouble with, just tweaking communication of those boundaries. So it's definitely a domino effect in that, you know, behaviors come from somewhere. Typically with children, it's an unmet need or a need that they feel is unmet. (laughs) Like they feel like something is not being met. So we need to figure out what that is and address it. And I don't mean give it to them,
0: you know? Right. I love it. You're just like, because it teaches kids to be self sufficient and to speak up and to meet their own needs. And then actually the parents' overwhelm goes down. So it like seems like so much work, but it really puts systems in place so that everyone works less hard and they are more happy. More happy, happier, whatever the word is. We are, as I tell my clients, I said, we are headed for harmony. I love it. I love it. So like a little um Like a little boat that says, like, Harmony, like, you're we're headed for Harmony, like, such so cute. So, Courtney, if people have listened to this whole episode, which, yes, bless, bless you if you have, bless you, and also you're welcome. Um, what do you want people to remember if they're just like, I have amnesia and forgot everything that you said, and then tell us one more time how to find you? Yes. Okay.
1: So, if you have like a few takeaways from this. Amazing information dump of a session. Yes. Um, my takeaways, very few. One long thing would be limit screen time and maximize engagement. Um, nothing replaces you with your kids. They want you. They, love <laughs> um, they want you. They want your attention. And a lot of times behavior is because they don't have your attention and they're seeking it. Negative attention to a child is just as good as attention oh, if they're not getting it. So, uh, put your phone down and pay attention to your kiddo and, um, put their tablet down too. That's, that is my takeaway. And the other takeaway is just, you can do it. Like you can do it. Um, you can, I know it. I don't even know you. And I know that you can do it. You just need the right tools and the guidance to get there. Um, yeah, that's it. You can do it. So if you want to find me, um, like I said, my group on Facebook is called positive solutions for overwhelmed parents. Um, my business page is just Courtney Trafflet Parent Empowerment Coach. And that's Trafflet spelled like it sounds. Amanda and I were joking about how it like should be fancier, but it's not. And that's just T-R-A-F-L-E-T, Trafflet. Um, you know I do. And my website is just com. So you can schedule a strategy session with me on there. I will tell parents if I don't think I can support them. I'm not going to be one of those that's going to like tricky sign a client. <laughs> like, yeah, um, I will let you know in your complimentary strategy session, like here's what I would plan for you and your family. Here's how I would support you and help you. Like I'm, I'm very honest. And I also have a membership program, which is super affordable and wonderful. And we do weekly group coaching. I call it like happy hour with your parent besties. Like we get on, we talk about what's going on. We solve problems and I bring some pretty awesome, like guest experts into that group. So you can check that out. And of course on Instagram, it's just household harmony with a dot. in the middle. Cute. Oh, thanks. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. So you can schedule with me on there and I hope to see some of you and help you get to household harmony.
0: Yeah. It's like, they'll just be happier. And I love it. Yes, Yes. you
1: will. It's worth it. You are enough and you are worth the investment.
0: And so are your kids. Yes. Yeah.
1: I know. I know. Parents don't ever want to invest in themselves. They just want to invest in their kids. So think of this as an
0: investment for your kids. Right. Dude, thank you so much. This was like, so good. Thank you. Okay, everyone have a great day. Have a great day. Mm -hmm. Y'all, Courtney is the real deal. I got to hang out with her a little bit in Florida when I was down there and I hung out with her and her kiddo and he is like the most polite, sweet child. Um, So I hope this was useful for you. I hope it felt empowering. I hope if you need support, you reach out because she is legit AF. Um, and if you're wanting support in other areas of your life, please feel free to reach out to me. Livemyhappyhealth.com is where you're going to find all my stuff. Um, we're transitioning a little bit more into entrepreneurship, coaching, coaching female entrepreneurs. So that is coming on the way. Um, and I hope you guys are good. Like go be good. Go be happy. Bye.